Remember, remember, the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why this ever should be forgot. Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, Nostalgia November, where I look at movies such as Donnie Darko, In It Before Christmas. But first up is the 2006 movie, V for Vendetta. What can I say about this movie? Well, first up, I haven't read the graphic novels nor the comic books that this is based on. However, I have seen this in a cinema multiple times, including once at IMAX and once for partial live orchestra. When I first saw this movie, I loved it. I went to go and see it again the following weekend, and then again, and I went to go and see it in the IMAX, which was a big thing in Glasgow back in 2006, as it had just arrived. I told all my friends to see this movie, and it quickly became one of my favourite movies. Ten years later, do I still feel the same? A few things I will say about this movie. Unfortunately, the mask has been stolen by Anonymous. Also, is this going to happen to Britain once the Brexit Britons get their way in a few short years? Mm. Anyway, on with the movie. Starring Natalie Portman, Hugo Weaving, Stephen Ray, Stephen Fry and John Hurt. Directed by James Matique. I guess we say that. The plot. In a not too distant future, a totalitarian Britain is around with an iron fist, a shadow fig- figure only known as V, wearing a Guy Fox mask, is planning on changing this on November the 5th. He first helps and then kidnaps a young woman, Evie, then uses her in his plot. Will Evie bend to V's will? Can this Nazi-esque government be toppled? And will V free Britain? Great Britain, that is. And then he opens up on a DC logo and a Vertigo logo. Then it's a voiceover from Natalie Portman and the infamous Ring. And then it shows the failed plot to blow up the house's apartment in 1605 by Guy Fox. Unfortunately, he was hung by the neck after months of torture at the hands of the king. Then fires up the title, V for Vendetta. We then see V, played by Hugo Weaving, getting dressed uh, on TV. A racist fascist TV anchor spouts his garbage about how America is on its knees. And we Brits should throw their meagre offerings in the river. The anchor is Louis Prothero, played by Roger Allen. Meanwhile, across town, a young woman, Evie, played by Natalie Portman, turns off the TV in disgust as she gets dressed for her late night meeting. Now, I must ask, but did Donald Trump watch this movie and take notes from the first five minutes of this movie? Uh, as the stuff that Prothero spouts out, all the hate, the racist, the homophobic, the fascist shit. Trump uses his campaign speeches and the scary thing is he may win. Please note this was written and recorded before the election was over. Is lower class America really that stupid to believe the shit he spews as gospel? Do you really think a so-called billionaire spoiled little brat will do even half things he said? No, no he won't. And why can't America have a female president. After all, Britain has had two female prime ministers and Scotland has had one female first minister. Not to mention Germany and the countless other countries that have female leaders or have had female leaders even. Would it be so bad to have a female leader of the free world? Hmm. Anyway, back to the movie. It's post-curfew and Evie is cornered by the so-called fingermen 
the secret police, the SS, if you will, of the Iron Fist government, who are about to rape her. Thankfully, V comes to her rescue with a flash of a knife and a rhyme here and there. He takes down the fingerman in mere seconds. He then slashes his symbol of a V on a piece of propaganda after using every V word in the English dictionary in a speech explaining who and what he is to a terrified Evie. He then takes her to the rooftops of London to show her the Old Bailey building, which he blows up in spectacular style as the 1812 overture is piped through the city's tide systems as the fireworks fly on midnight of the 5th of November. We then see party leader Adam Sutler played brilliantly by John Hurt in a role reversal from his 1984 movie, another great if depressing movie you must check out, on a large screen as he chews out his underlings Creedy, played by Tim Pickett-Smith, who is the leader of the Fingermen, and Doscom, played by Ben Miles, who is the head of the only TV network in Britain, BTN, and finally Finch, played by Stephen Ray, the head of the police. They all come up with a cover story about how the blowing up of the old Bailey was a stunt and everything is a-okay, while banning the 1812 overture and hunting down Evie and V. We then see the BT Tower, or as it's called in this, the BTN Tower, as the news reports the blowing up of the old Bailey, with its PR spin, which nobody office actually believes. At the police station, which I'm guessing is Scotland Yard, Finch and his partner Dominic, played by Rupert Graves, find out about Evie's past. Meanwhile, back at the BTN office, Evie brings Dietrich, played by Stephen Fry, his afternoon tea, as she explains standing him up the night before. At her flat, Finch and Dominic find out about Evie, that she works for BTN. Meanwhile, at the office, Evie delivers V masks and outfits to the caution department, as Finch and Dominic find out about Evie's past, that her mother and father were political activists and were jailed when she was 12, which led her to be placed in a juvenile reclamation project centre until she was 17. In walks V with a suicide vest on as the police show up armed to the teeth, something that hardly ever happens in Britain. Well, the real Britain anyway, I don't know about this fictional Britain. V walks into the main studio with more boxes of outfits, sets a fire alarm off, which causes Evie to almost get caught by Finch, but she gets away and hides in an office, as V hacks into the broadcasting network with his message to the people, saying it was ultimately their own fault that things have gotten so bad, as they believed Sutler's lies. However, if they've had enough, they must stand up with him on 5th November the following year, outside Parliament and rise up. Finally, breaking into the main studio with Dascom film on a camcorder, the police shoot and kill someone dressed in the V outfit as the smoke machine fills the room with fog. As the man dies, telling Finch V police master everybody in the room. In the meantime, V has booby trapped in the control room with his TNT vest. Outside the studio, V makes his escape with a flurry of knives and violence, taking down all the armed police, leaving only Dominic to try and stop V. As V sprays him with mace, and V knocks him out. The two of them make their escape. Another TV report reporting V's death is shown to a questioning British public. The next morning, Evie wakes up in V's hideout surrounded by books. As she explores, she finds more forbidden objects, including a Guy Fawkes statue and a Duke's box of golden oldies. Why is golden oldies banned? It's beyond me, but hey, they are. V explains Evie's life as she knows it is now over, and he has to keep her there for a year which doesn't sit well with her, so she storms off. 
Meanwhile, back at Scotland Yard, Finch and Dominic find out yet more of Evie's backstory, that both parents died in prison and her brother died at St Mary's, a viral outbreak years before. The next morning, V fries up Evie breakfast of an egg in a hole, which is a thick slice of bread with a hole in the middle which sits in a fried egg, which is fried in butter, something that is banned, however, it was stolen from Sattler's own private stash. So let me get this straight here. Bread, sorry, not bread, butter is banned, yet Sattler can have it. Hmm. V quotes or something from Macbeth, then she lets slip, she's almost wanted to be an actress. He then quotes her, people shouldn't be afraid of their governments, governments should be afraid of their people, after Evie tells him his plan will not work. Later that night, V shows up to kill the vain Prothero as he watches himself on TV, using a remote, universal remote, come TV, that looks suspiciously like an iPhone. We find out Commander Prothero's dark and dirty past that he ran experimental death camps that ultimately created V. Finch is awakening from his sleep with the report of Prothero's death as we see the body with a single red rose lying on top of him. Evie is awoken from her sleep as V fences with a suit of armour while watching The Count of Monte Cristo, his favourite movie. Another TV report reporting Prothero's death as Evie quizzes V if he did it, which he flat out tells her he did. Also his reason, reasons why that no court in England would try him so his justice stands. Back at Scotland Yard, Finch does digging into Prothero's past, finding out he ran desk death camps and that he has fingers in many pies, including illegal drugs and legal drug companies, making him millions of pounds. Finch tries to do some more digging but is stopped at every turn. Later at night, more of Evie's tragic backstory as she explains her brother died at St Mary's viral outbreak, that her father was a writer and both parents became political after their son's death. At Leeds they rioted and later that night, the fingermen showed up and blackbagged them both as Evie hid under a bed but was dragged and taken to the juvenile home. After that she tells she wants to help him, also she wishes she wasn't afraid of the time that he was strong if not as, uh, if not stronger than he was. Meanwhile going to a tax office Finch finally finds records, also finds about a priest that run Lark Hall, the most notorious of all detention centres. Father Linneman, played by John Standing, is now Bishop and unsurprisingly is a dirty old pervert paedophile. Evie is dressed as schoolgirl as a lure for V. Fortunately, he doesn't listen to Evie's warnings about V and is killed as Evie runs off. So V leaves the Bishop dead with a single red rose. Creedy shows up and tells Finch to back off the Lark Hall investigation or else as he is half Irish and the Irish are just about tolerated but no more. Evie runs off to Dietrich for help with him telling her his dark secret. Not only does he have a hidden room much like we does but he is in fact gay. In an autopsy room we meet Dr Delia Savage played by Sinead Cusack as she tells Finch the poisons used to in the bodies were found in every household in England and is indeed untraceable. He then shows her one of V's roses saying she was a botanist and can she ID the flower which she does in mere seconds saying they are believed to be extinct. Later at night at Dr Sudridge's house we get V's backstory. 
not before she says sorry in a beautifully bittersweet deathbed scene. Minutes later, Finch shows up and finds Sutter's diary, which Sutter quickly covers up. In flashbacks, we see what happened at Lark Hall, that gays, blacks and other quote residuals are used as human guinea pigs to find cures for various viruses and diseases. Also that V was a test subject and her test gave him superhuman strength, reflexes and intelligence. On November the 5th he blew up the lab and made his escape into the night. The next morning Dietrich makes Evie the same breakfast as V did for her on the first morning, leading her to think he is indeed V. Back at Scotland Yard, we see Finch digging into their Britain's dark past, then starts to question everything. Was it all done by the government to get in power and stay in power, much like 9-11 did? And I love how the tech in this is great, but is not outside the realm of believability, such as a smartphone controlling everything. Later, we see a government listening van spying on people as such and his lackeys try to keep a lid on this V problem once and for all. Back at Dietrich, he watches his TV show as he mocks Suttler, then makes a fool of him by using a man dressed as V with the Benny Hill theme playing and the fast forward action as V slips on a banana skin, which turns out to be Suttler himself, and the secret police shoot them both dead. So later that night, Dietrich is black-bagged by the fingered man and Evie only just escapes, only to be caught by a fingered man and dragged into a cell where she is hosed down with ice-cold water, has her hair shaved and is questioned and tortured time and time again. However, she refuses to say anything. And yes, by the way, Portman did actually shave her head bald for this role. Apparently that was a big thing at the time, I don't get why because it just grows back in. But moving on. After a while, a cellmate in the next cell starts to pass her notes with her life story in it that she was once a, an actress and she was happy with her girlfriend until the world changed and they lived in fear until finally they were both black bagged. As we hear Valerie's backstory played by Natasha Reitman, we see Evie getting tortured even more and still refusing to say nothing. We find out Valerie was born in 1985 and came out to her father in 2002 which her father promptly threw her out. In 2015 she starred in her first movie. And since also she met her wife Ruth, played by Mary Stockley. It's here we learn why V leaves a rose at every death scene that Ruth grew the Scarlet Carsons on a window box at their flat. You also find out about America's secret war that then spread to Britain, the 7-7 attacks, which by the way America, we don't bang on about using as an excuse. After all, we have been dealing with IRA attacks for decades. We see on TV, settlers rise to power and gay men getting dragged out of their beds just because they are different. Finally, Ruth is black bagged and they come for Valerie. We then sh see she is in the same facility as V and she's infected with a virus. In her final note, she tells that she loves them even though she have never met. Also that God is in the rain. The next morning, Evie is led to her death but it was all a test by V to give her freedom from from fear. See that 10 times fast, freedom from fear. So she goes to the roof and screams in relief as the rain pours and a lightning flashes. However, before she does, V tells her Dietrich is dead, then explains why he did it, to give her the strength which she asked for and indeed 
meets on the roof in the pouring rain, we see Evie is reborn. We also see flashbacks to V's rebirth of fire as he escapes the lab. Just before Evie leaves, V shows her the poster of Valerie's movie and then claims not to know her. But how? Hmm. Before leaving, V asks to see Evie one final time before November 5th, which she agrees to. She walks away and in disgust with himself, V smashes a mirror, which Evie cleaned earlier, and then breaks down in tears and cries. Back at Party HQ, they just discuss just how V will blow up the house's apartment, with them saying by air, ooh, 2911. However, Finch says it's possibly by underground train, ooh, 277 folks, which is left at the building. Days later, after a massive PR media push, blaming V for St Mary's, the British public start to churn. Meanwhile, at Scotland Yard, Dominic tells Finch about the three fingermen under Creedy, the original ones I'm guessing, that after St Mary's, all but one killed themselves, which leads to V faking he's one of them, feeding Finch a story about Sutler's rise to power in all its Nazi ways, and the way he rigged Britain by scaremongering into giving him absolute power with the virus outbreaks and the terror attacks. V tells Finch to put Creedy under supervision, which they do. That night, V gives Creedy a deal to give him Sutler and he gets Britain, which I think in this movie runs the world. Or what's left of it all. Weeks later, Finch is told that the final fingerman had died 20 years earlier, that he was thought to be a John Doe. With that, Finch snaps and starts his vendetta to catch V. On Halloween that year, V sends out hundreds of thousands of V outfits to every house in London, which causes chaos as people rob shops, run amok, and spray the V sign everywhere, leading to Sutler to have everybody wearing one of these to be black banged and or killed, and finally to a little girl wearing thick glasses as seen throughout the movie. She is shot in the back by Fingerman as the people finally rise up. All the while, V is setting up a domino display. After another riot, martial law is called as the private army of Creedy locks London down. Finally, V flicks domino and all comes crashing down, all but one, Evie. The morning of the 5th of November, Evie shows up back at V's hideout and has a dance with him to Crimey River. Again, why was that movie the music band? is beyond me. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Party HQ, Sutler is again on the big screen, barking orders at his underlings that if V falls through, Crudy is for the chop. After their dance, V shows Evie his subway train, which he plans to blow up Parliament with, but only if she wants to. She has the ultimate power whether or not the plan goes through. In the meantime, Finch is looking at the subway tracks, trying desperately to find V's train. So off V goes to kill Sutler, however, Creedy ambushes him and V is shot as Sutler spews out more hate on TV via recording before V shot sorry, before Creedy shot V, he shoots Sutler in the back of the head as he begs for his life pathetically. Badly wounded, V kills the ambushing police and then finally kills Creedy by snapping his neck. In a furry of knives and blood, he takes down the police once and for all, and for once, I actually like the Matrix bullet time effect used here. After hearing the gunfire, Finch hunts down V's hiding place, finding it, not before V stumbles 
into Evie's arms and dies. So she places him on the train surrounded by roses and explosives. In the meanwhile, the Londoners all show up at Parliament Square dressed as V and want to be held back at gunpoint by the army. Finally, Finch finds the train and tries to stop Evie, but she pulls a lever and talks Finch down, sending the train down the track as the people march on Parliament. As Big Ben tolls midnight, it blows up as the 1812 overture plays again on the tannoys. Fireworks explode and the people remove their masks, showing some of the dead in the group as credits roll. So that was V for Vendetta. It's what I fear may happen to this world with Brexit and if Trump indeed wins. Bang goes freedom, gay rights, choice and freedom of speech. I said it earlier, but this is one of a slew of Mooty's clones that I actually liked. So I'm going to give this 9 out of 10. It would have been 10 out of 10, but Evie's backstory is dragged out for far too bloody long. If you haven't saw this movie, go out and see it now. So come back next week for my look at Donnie Darko. Then the following week, I look at S Darko. And finally, wrapping November up is a November for Christmas. December is Festive Fights, where I look at Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Little Women 1, and Batman Returns. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at his Johnny's Pod, or lowercase. Also, follow me on SoundCloud and dig out all of my numerous podcasts I have, including the Bond franchise, the Omen franchise, the Cycle franchise, and dozens other others. Email me what you think of my podcast to at here's Johnny's reviews at gmail.com. Again, all the work case. And a goodbye. I'm off to watch the fireworks. <laughs>